to go to go have that little taste of that is okay. I just don't need to be in it the whole dang time. Right. So. Right. All right. Well, we're halfway done. Let's get this thing started. <laughs> uh, welcome to the Snow West Podcast. I'm Ryan Harris, uh, the host of the Snow West Podcast. Uh, we also publish Snow West Magazine. We sell magazines and merchandise, uh, do social media, all that stuff. Like, it's, you, you can't just do one thing in this industry anymore. Like, Chris, you, you become a, vo- a video editor, videographer. Like, like it's you guys wear a lot of hats in this sport. It's just not what it used to be. You have to. And it's funny you bring that up, Ryan. I had a kid and his dad come up to me, and, and the dad said, my son wants to do what you do. And I'm like, are you sure? <laughs> no, he does not. <laughs> You, that's, you, what, you're that's, right. what he, that's what he wanted to say. Is, no, you don't. You're, and, and, you know, I'd never, you know, want to never want to not have someone have their dream because I had mine and I'm, right. and I'm here. But what the work was a lot easier then than it is now. And to to try to break in and make it now is I don't know how you do it. And I. In that conversation with that kid, I said, "I'll tell you what. I'm not really the per- the person to ask. I've been doing this long enough that, and I started in the bi- in the beginning, which helped me. Yeah, both of you us. You go talk to Caleb. Yeah, because Kasturki has done that. He and he did it the the same way, like that Dan and I did. He differentiated himself from everybody else. He and he worked his butt off. Yeah, put in the time. It's two. It's two easy things that are hard to do right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so and that, that's the conversation I want to have is, you know, we, we try to get Caleb on this podcast to talk to, to where we have you two OGs that started this segment, that created this space within the snowmobile industry, and then have Caleb come in who who is starting out much, you know, just in the last four or five years and, and making waves and, and creating that space. Um, before we get going, I should probably introduce you. probably don't need to, honestly. I hope I, hope I don't need to, but we have, we have Chris Brandt and Dad Adams, uh, two... The two OGs of the sport. I mean, there, there's a handful of guys that came from this era, but but you guys created a segment within snowmobiling. Like you, you took we, the, the mountain snowmobiling segment, you, you turned it into the backcountry freeride segment, and, yeah. and did things that nobody else did. We appreciate that, Ryan. That's and cool. the, the, I had this thought while you were talking because the, the snowmobiling did not happen to you guys. Like you, did, like the the sport did not make you guys this way. Like you made, you made your brands the way they are you happened to this sport like, like and it took a lot of work like and that's what i want to talk about is is because th- that conversation you were just talking about like people want the fame and they want to step into okay i want to be at your level next year how do i do it you can't i mean i just that you and and maybe can't isn't the right word it's just it's so different right now there are world with social media and everybody having a phone and how easy it is to edit and music free everywhere. I mean, like everyone can do the same thing and they are. So it's getting harder and harder to figure out like, okay, what is my play? What is my niche? Um, and you know, we were so fortunate that the mountain riding segment was changing at that time for Dan and I, and it was no longer, you know, hucking and hill climbing and all of that stuff. It was tree riding, right? Tree riding was starting to happen um, in a big way. And it was, it's always been it, there, but it just became, it started the industry over. We got to start it over and luckily we were at the forefront of it. Yeah. And it became popular because 
so many people could emulate. They, they could relate to that. Like they could see themselves doing it. You looked at the like you know original Slenex of just the, the jumping and the huck, like all of it. It was just so much stuff that was just the this highlight reel of a whole bunch of stuff like risking their lives. Tree riding is this thing that everybody connects with. Like they see it and they're like, that's what I want to do. I don't need to do all the cliff drops. I don't need to do any of that stuff. It's not really about heel clickers and supermans. It's about that. It's about tree riding. It's about exploring. It's about all those things. And I think it took off pretty damn fast. But what's interesting so. about that though is I can walk around heydays and I still get that comment. Whatever happened to that sled in, two, in sled next eight where the throttle stuck and hit the tree, you know, <laughs> when I was on a snow cross sled trying to do a whip or yeah. something silly, yeah. you know? And so like that was, that's what was fun then is like to make your name. It wasn't how many posts you can do or how many cool edits you could do. It was like, Okay, I gotta. I got, I'm going to Sweden uh, yeah. on yeah. a on a sledneck shoot and um, trying to, you know, like put myself out there and and yeah, it was like a it was about like a video segment yeah. or a movie segment. It was about an article in Sledheads or Snow West, like that we were anxious or a sled build or something like that. I mean, you remember the big article? You came to me. Yeah. I tried to go across that log and fell in the water and Chris is in the creek with me and we're like fixing the back wheels. I have no gloves on. I still have all of those articles. Yeah. Every one of them. I'll yeah. never forget that ride. You know, it was probably the last ride me, you, and Ryan yeah, no were kidding, together. Right? I think oh, it was. No. Yeah, it was. Yeah, that, was a, that was a long time ago, yeah. too. I was on an M7 yeah, we were both with on D&D 800 in it with a 155 uh, like two and a half inch track. I yeah. remember that. Like, it was awesome. And yeah. I was so excited because I was riding your your zone yep. and yep. I'm like these guys have such the cheater snow and terrain and my sled has power. Our snow sticks together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's so weird. Yeah, it's not, yeah exactly. But, but you know, and I, I think about that a lot too. Is like you know, I was a kid at that age with, I had very little money. I worked to just buy snowmobile parts and pay for gas to like hey, um, there's this opportunity to maybe get in the magazine. Yeah. So I'm going to drive and sleep in my truck, and I'm going to go and go to Wyoming. So true. Didn't you drag that whole, the, the tour trailer up with you? On that on that particular yeah. trip, yeah. 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 That, yeah. 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 But, you know, back in the day, doing freestyle shows for a 1000 bucks and just, yep. Yep. like, I mean, I wasn't making money, but I was, like. 1000 bucks in diesel to get there. <laughs> but I was making my name. Yeah. yeah. Right? And so like that, it's, I, I love looking back at it. I mean, it's so different now and, you know, very few people know the, the road it took to get here, but I mean, it's crazy to think of how long I've been doing this yeah. and Dan, yeah. right. Um, I mean, two thousand, let's see. So Slednex three, yeah. two, yes. Started in 98. So two yeah. I was 01, yeah. Yep. 01. I mean, Jeez. You know, 22, 22 years to get to here. What were the sponsorship deals like for you guys back then? Like, <laughs> if you put, if you got parts, uh, were you getting <laughs> discounts? Were you getting parts? Were you getting Right, right then there wasn't a, well, I guess we, did we already have the Gravity Games? Like, we did that in 2001. Yeah. yeah. So, first year, uh, first time ever was able to get a sled through marketing through Polaris. Yeah, it was an XC 600 SP, mm -hmm. and it was just yeah, got the title and it said one dollar on it. 
it was like a really cool thing. And there was a lot of guys like Quinlan that had got a sled through a dealer, and he kind of messed a lot of stuff up during that little time slot there of just... Uh, anyway, there was there was some some things that were happening, but there was a, a sled. Like I did, I, I did work through Polaris at one point because um, that was like you had said. I mean, the whole goal every year was working our tails off to afford a snowmobile for the season or whatever. And then, let alone the traveling and everything else. I mean, it was there was a lot going on. It wasn't certainly wasn't it what it is now. I mean, yeah. it's just a lot of just. I mean, it, like you just said, it's just always been work. It's yeah, just been nonstop. My side on the sponsors stuff. So it was interesting. Like, you know, I, I remember. So, again, back then it was different. We weren't mountain riding to yeah. to make our name. We were jumping. And so I was buying race sleds. And then, you know, in Sled Next 3, jumping a 440 pinned from the next town <laughs> to, to jump stuff, you know. Um, that was that was how I was kind of starting to making my name, Chris Big Air Barant, all of that, right? Um, and then, you know, Wentz, and this was what was really interesting, and I'll never forget this. So I started to get, you know, I'd make the binder and the, the print out the pictures and here's my accolades. And I mean, you used to have to do that, mm -hmm. right? And like sign it at the end and S still and have all of it. Yeah, have sure. All of it. And so, um, you know, I started to get some like product, no money ever, um, but product. And it was interesting. So for that happened a couple years and then you start getting into sled necks and you start patting yourself on the back and I'm a pretty big deal. And I'll never forget this humbling moment i was i kind of had a little i had a sponsorship from uh outlaw composites they made those really cool lightweight yeah. hoods yeah the zollingers had them and they ran them in the hill climbs and uh you know this is when i'm trying to build like some lightweight mountain sleds now uh with in conjunction with the race sleds and they had given me given me some product for a couple years and year three comes around and i call them i'm like hey I just wanted to get my hood again this year, and and the guy looks at me. He's like, or on the over the phone, and he's like, you know, we're we're not gonna give you one this year. And I'm like, why? He's like, cause why would I? I'm like, what do you mean? Well, you haven't done anything. No. I'm like, well, I put my sticker on 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 my snowmobile, and I'm in the movies. So yeah. And it was like it was. He's like, do you know the do you know the Zollinger brothers? Do you know? <laughs> And he like started naming some of the things that they they did and how they were professional and they like had all of these 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 things that like represented the product well, right? I mean, it was the biggest slap in my face and the biggest aha moment that like changed the way for good for like really good, right? Yeah. Like, whoa, yeah, you're right. I'm just a cocky little punk kid out here thinking I deserve yeah. entitled. There was an entitlement I'm entitled to, it, you know? to free stuff because I'm in a movie. Yeah, yeah. All right, I, I go big. You should give me something for free. Yeah. yeah. And but, but that is more prevalent right now than ever, I think. 100%. 100%. It, it's a bigger deal now than it used to be. It is. And it's what I talk about to my guys all the time yeah. and at the shop yep. is, you know, we're privy to a lot of things. But as soon as that entitlement attitude comes here, I promise you, you are gone. Yeah. You are gone. I don't need it. Yeah. It's there, and and it's really easy to feel entitled um, in the world we live in right now. Absolutely, absolutely. I, what do you mean? I've been working for two years, right? Well, I've been working for twenty-two years. Shut your mouth. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's like so. 
Well, and, and you both, you both, I don't know if you had to, but you both went and created businesses in the industry. Uh, you you had you had the name and you had the brand, but now you either capitalized on that or you took the next step and built a business and then expanded even to a uh, empire within the snowmobile industry. Like, yeah, and Chris has started. So I started Next Level in 2008. You had to have started a couple years earlier than me with BBA, right? Yep. And keep in mind, like. At one point, it was just... It was really close. I, yeah. I mean, kind of yeah. the same. Yeah. yeah, pretty much the same. Yeah. But just keep in mind that the, the, the brand, like BBA, or the brand Next Level, it came as we started those companies. Before that, it was just Chris Brand as a writer and Dan Adams as a writer. Really, the only thing that kind of gave us any recognition were, were the movies yeah. and, and, and magazines. I mean, that's really all that, that, that we had to go on. It was pre-social. It was, we didn't have some of that stuff as we as we really started this mm-hmm. whole thing. And like you're, to your point, it's like... We kind of had it easier because we started it. Yeah. We've just been in it so yeah. freaking long. Whereas the new guy that's coming in of like, hey, how do I get from here to there? And to your point of like, I want to get from here to there in a couple of years. Or like guys that are coming in and they're like, hey, I'm thinking about joining Rimshaw. You should sponsor me. Yeah, give me some stuff. I'm or something be cool like that. And like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> Did you just say that you're thinking about doing something? Like, I think you know where I'm coming from. It's just like yeah. this whole point of like they want the finish line before they've even started the race. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they've got to be willing to put in the work. So um, whether there's, I mean, I think we've already created the ingredients. I think that that's all there. I think that that's all just laid out in front of us. We've done enough of these type of podcasts and there's enough information about how any one of us have got our start. You just got to put your head down and do it. It's just work. So, yeah. And yeah, his I mean, didn't, yeah. 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 This doesn't have to be like, how do you do it? How did you get to where you are? This yeah. is just like, I hope everybody recognizes what you guys have done and the direction that you changed the sport. Like the snowmobiles that we would be riding if, if this backcountry freestyle mm-hmm. thing never really popped out and we didn't start riding trees, we'd be on, on a different looking machine. Yeah. For yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. That's, and that's really, that's pretty fun to think about. You know, you, you think about, I, and I think, you know, and I, I love talking about this. You know, I suck at consistency of podcasts, but some of the podcasts I've got to do, um, you know, thinking about some of those sleds that were so instrumental in getting us to where we are. Um, you know, obviously for me, the big one was the, the Articat M7. That really, really started it for me. Um, and then, you know, kind of kind of fast forward, I looked at the, the, the pro uh, yep. I think the Pro RMK really kicked it. The Axis wasn't too far behind. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, and it's, and the, the ability for the, and this is what's always really mind-blowing to me, is for, like, a Polaris and Skidoo and Articat to, like, be able to tell the future. Because it's, we're living in the moment, right? And so... They have to plan so far ahead. It's really like, and that's why you can miss it a little bit, right? And but we're still like, kind of on the on the path. But it's why, you know, it's so interesting. Like that 2016 to 20 gap on a Polaris, uh, you know, Skins makes basically everything to make the snowmobile do what we want it to do. Just rebuild right? the sleds. Yeah. Yeah. And yep. now and now we don't have to do that. We don't have to do much. <laughs> now we no. don't have to do much. Right. Yeah. We there. And so that's, I mean, that's really cool. That's really cool. And when I go back and ride an 05 M7 now, it's like, whoa, how did I do that? Have you ever had anybody walk up to you like this, this year or last year and just say, 
Dang it, Chris, don't you wish you would have waited 14 years? You'd be on that catalyst now. <laughs> oh, God. I'm telling you, that Articat um, passion is real. It, it I mean, is, yeah. it's, it, there's just every other post, there is something reminding me that I should be on Articat still or something. And, yeah. and you know, I've told the story a million times. Um, I love that passion that, that they have. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the company at that time just didn't, they had their own direction and the direction didn't have me involved. And so, you know, it was not that uh, that Polaris came to me and said, we're going to give you the king or the key to the castle. I went to Polaris and said, I really want to be a part of your program and help. Yeah. That's what it was because Articat doesn't have any use for me. Yeah. And so Polaris came to me and they're like, hey, I, I know, you know, Chris Brandt. And they're like, what do you think of him? I mean, that's how that you whole got, thing went down. You got down. vetted through, Dan. Oh, hell yeah. He's vetted me a thousand times over. We have <laughs> certainly helped each other. It's been good. I'll 100. never forget. Yeah. I'll never forget. You just brought up the Pro RMK. I will never, ever forget coming out of Daniel Summit and calling Chris and being like, this is the most amazing thing on the planet. Like, went did a hop over, was like, we were both 100% convinced that that was the pinnacle. Like that, that was it. This is it's not getting any better from this because this is the sickest thing on the planet. Nope. I'll never ever forget that. That, and now we look at that and you're like, oh, Yee. geez. <laughs> like it's just got to be so fun for engineers and guys, like you had said, people that are like kind of telling the future. Like they see the product that we're on and we're already so stoked about. And they're like, yeah, that's such old news. Like you have uh -huh. no idea. Like well, and and brand loyalty leads consumers to believe that a, a, a company can be like infallible, and they can just like, look, well, they're going to make the best product no matter what because they're my favorite. But they're 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 just, it's just a company comprised of people, and people quit, and people get fired, yeah. and people have different mentalities, and people want to get want to go do something else. Yeah. Yeah. And they change directions, and and you don't see that on the outside, but. It changed your course. 100%. Like it, it, 100%. It, and it happens all the time in the clothing companies, too. Like, yeah. like early years, you, like you were bouncing around to different clothing companies. And yeah, we, we year both, year I mean, deals you together. think about it, like Slednecks, HMK, 509. Like, it's we've been all over the map, it seems like. Mm -hmm. It's just been one thing or another. Road for Polaris for a little bit. Like, yeah, it's been as people change and companies change or people within companies change. Like, our path hasn't been completely perfect. But I tell you, just by the... The companies that he and I share, it's it's pretty crazy that, you know, some of it, it just aligned itself, like, just the way it needed to between Polaris Climb, Arctic Effects, Fox. Like, there's a lot of these that it's just hilarious that we have such similar hashtags. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of that, too, that it's, like, a lot of belief that I put into this guy of, like, I'm so thankful that he rides a sled the way he does because I know that the powers that be are listening, and that's why those sleds have become what they are. And I feel like we all get to share you know, some of that, like we just get, we get to share insights of like what we think is important. And it's so cool for companies. I won't just put one of them out there that they're listening. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty cool that you and I, along with a bunch of people, but you and I, especially as we're talking about this in the podcast, you know, we've had some influence on this, mm -hmm. on the snowmobile world. And that's been, that's been great. Yeah. So, so. you kind of got what you were after. It's so like involvement on the engineering side and you, you both are involved with that. And Marty Sampson, yeah, to, to give that guy all the credit in the world for developing what he developed and pushing the mountain segment forward. Yeah. yeah. And like, for being the rider that he was, yeah. you know, and still is. I shouldn't say it that way. Although he's, he's, on he's, a, he's, on he's, 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 he's wing foiling now, which I'm fairly jealous of and has given me the, yeah. the, the, the ultimate invite of like, you know, 
come join up like whenever you can. But he's in shark infested water. I got to be careful. Yeah, but but that gave you guys the opportunity, and like you said, you guys are now helping the R and D team. You are validating product. You're you're bouncing ideas off. Like you're integral in that, and they're like. Patriot Boost has been yeah. something that really came through your guys' shops because that's what you guys were building. You were taking their best product and making the best turbo setup you could because yeah. you're such high elevation. Well, maybe they've been your so snow doesn't stick together. Maybe they're so tired of us taking sleds apart that they just don't want us to do it anymore. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> I, and for those of you who don't know you know marty was a very instrumental instrument instrumental yeah. in just the development of the rmk um from from the beginning and you know he just had a, a vision and he was a passionate writer and it was interesting you know as marty continued on his career and kept going higher up on the ladder the writing portion side of it mm -hmm. like you end up working more instead of riding, which kind of sucks. Um, but you know that he instilled in the team that the, that passion that the riding has to is number one, right? Um, and so, like that was that's been you you look pat you look in the in in the history books of you know companies could have gone certain ways, and you know and I I don't want to rain on Articap, but you know, they had this run that they relied on the passion of their consumer instead of the product, right? Like the product has to be there. We, us snowmobilers are always passionate, but the product has to be there too. Yeah. Um, you know, from 2012 to, well, only until last year, right? I mean, it's kind of been the same snowmobile. Uh, on the Articat side of things, mm -hmm. with a couple couple advancements, I thought yeah. the Alpha Skid was really cool and innovative and all of that. But you know, it's really good to see them back in the game with their new chassis. I Absolutely, think I, yeah. uh, we needed it really bad from a competition standpoint, and that's going to push Polaris and Skidoo. So thankful for that. Um, and um, but yeah, like so, where I was going with that is, um, you know, it's we. It's neat to say that we played a, a small part in, you know, where the direction is going. Well, I have that appreciation, though, from being on a little more on the outside, well, inside, but on the outside looking in on it as well. Because it's, it's not like they brought you in and said, what do you think we need to do with mountain sleds? Yeah. You guys drove it yeah. from the product side and the consumer side, and you made all these other people watching what you're doing saying, uh, I want my snowmobile to do that crap. Yeah. Like, what, what do I do? Like, yeah. how do I do that? And, and you, you know how it works. Like, people were taking those sled next videos and just pausing it and watching frame by frame, like, where's his foot? Mm -hmm. Where's his hand? Oh, he's got his finger on a brake? That's bizarre. Yeah. You know, just, just little stuff like that. And then you drove this whole shift in, in what a mountain sled does and how well it, it you know, you got the side panel. I, I would say you guys got the side panels out of the snow. Yeah. And Rasmussen and a lot. And a yeah, lot of Brett, Brett, too, right? He's, yeah. He was on Absolutely. That. I got a quick funny story, and I, I saw him in the Polaris booth today. Uh, you know, Ricky Yeager, who's um, in charge of powertrain there. Ricky came out to Brands Backcountry Adventure uh, in 2017. And in 2017, it was my ultimate goal. So... 2016 was the release of the Axis. Not a ton of parts for it. 2017, I'm going ballistic on this. I am going to go and build the lightest snowmobile on the planet. That's my that was my goal. 
and um, ended up building Jenny Craig. And, uh, you know, Dan's so been sick, her. dude. <laughs> Ruined me. And maybe the handful of others that did get to ride it. but So Jenny Craig yep. was a legit, like, dry weight, 355-pound snowmobile with an 800 in it. And um, so Ricky comes and rides. And for th and I'm, I, you know, someone from Polaris is here. I'm riding all my cool sleds, doing all my stuff. And I'm like, Ricky, you got to ride this. No, I'm good. I'm good. I'm just going to – I just want to ride the sled I'm comfortable with here. And then finally – End of day three, he can barely walk. He's so tired. I'm like, Ricky, ride this snowmobile. Perfect. Just ride, just ride up here. Perfect time to put. And him on he's it. like, okay. And so he, I mean, he literally goes like a couple hundred yards up, does a couple powder turns, comes down a couple powder turns, and he comes back down to the road. And he's like, that's the way a snowmobile should be. And they ended up buying that snowmobile from me. <laughs> and I, that, I hope he charged him a premium. Oh, I did pretty good he did on it. Just fine. I did just fine. He did just yeah. fine. But, I remember the story. There's no racer discount on that so, stuff. It was so <laughs> awesome. You know, like they bought that snowmobile and they took it back to the shop. They tore it all apart. Reverse said, engineered it. What, what did he do here? What's going on here? And, and, you know, the OEMs have their hands tied so bad of like rules and regulations and emissions and all of these things. And so... You know, that's what's really incredible is what they are able to build even with all of those limitations. And and that's why it's still crazy. Like, so, you know, my XLT and Ultra sled mm -hmm. right here, like, I can still take 50 pounds off a stock sled, and a stock sled is really damn good. Yeah. So it's, I, I mean, I love all aspects of it, um, but, you know, I thought that's, that, that, that was a, a pretty cool story. Yeah, that yeah, is, that is, and and it's it's to be behind the scenes stuff like that that people just love hearing that stuff. Yeah. So we we've got uh, uh, Gabrielle Hockley and Julianne Chapman coming up here in a second, but before we do that, uh, we've got some questions from people on oh, social media. Yeah, we, I saw we, that. We posted that up. So just rapid fire, just give me your quick responses. What effect did snow, uh, sled necks have on snowmobiling? Yeah, I mean it changed it forever. I feel like that that that's kind of the I think that was the fire plug of the whole backcountry movement. I mean, I think it revolutionized snowmobiling. I think it was just right time, right place, wow. right people, right music, right behavior, right everything. I mean, the beginning of it is it's insane, and I just love to say that it's coming back. Yeah, it's not what the company that I was hoping for, but it's coming back, and I'm so proud of Moyarty, and it's been asleep for a long time, and you guys will see Sled Next 20. I. Don't know if we'll be a part of it. I don't know what it looks like just yet, but I just I'm so stoked for sled nights. All right, uh, favorite sled of all time, both of you. Jesus, how do you not say Jenny Craig? I, I mean, just to be honest, but I mean, uh, my '97 700. Ooh, that's a good one. I put 2,200 miles on it. I was such a broke kid in high, like just out of high school, but I rode every single weekend. On my, like, towing it with my 78 Blazer and a little two-place open trailer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I got to say, uh, 07 Dragon, first light I ever put a Boondocker Turbo on. Thing went uh, 14 pounds of boost, straight 110 for 4,800 miles, same crank. Wow. That's yeah, that's cool. great. That's Wild West back then. It was the Wild West. That's what great. has been the hardest part about being in the snowmobile industry? For me, um... It's the sacrifices on the personal side, life side, you know, like 
to build the business, it's sacrificing time with my wife and the kids and just personal time because it's always about work and I'm trying to balance that as I get older. I'd say 100% true. The the highlight reel doesn't showcase the sacrifices that are made and that he and I both, and I'd say just about anybody that's successful, there's somebody behind the scenes that's just making sacrifices as well and working their tails off. And we've got some wives that are pretty goddamn special and it's definitely getting harder and harder to, to continue that sacrifice. Yeah. Pre-ride music of choice. <laughs> this, I might get beat up for this, but I like Morgan Wallen. Dude, I like country music as well. There's wrong with that answer. There's absolutely nothing wrong with it. Yeah, country music is just, yeah, it's good. Where do you see yourself in 10 years? Right here doing another podcast. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Let's race some fast cars. We, we, that'd yeah. be good. It's a little easier on the body, too. I think just, just in, enjoying it more. And I think I, I've really worked on that over the last couple years is just trying to enjoy it more. Yeah, reap the bennies of all the hard work. Yeah. So whether it's still doing this, but it's just doing it at, well, what, whatever it looks like in terms of just how much time we need to devote to it. But I don't know if there's any way that we're getting rid of the snowmobile industry and, and vice versa. I, I feel still like it's love building oh, they're, they're not getting rid of you, yeah. no, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, what's more important, lightweight or more power? Lightweight and more power, duh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's the other one? Build the bod, not the bod. And the, the component there is build both. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, here's a good one. Uh, not bashing here, but what do, you, what do you pros have to say about the Polaris stop rides and recalls? I think that's really it's good. Um, I, I, it's a good question, and and I think I think what people don't know, and this is hard to communicate, is that the reason the stop rides are happening is because Polaris cares. Um, they could, you know, and yes, there is a government agency involved and stuff, but there's some things that you know they they don't want anyone to get hurt. That's right. Yeah, pure, pure and simple. Yeah. And I don't want to get hurt. I don't want to explain what happened to Billy. Well, you know, his clutch exploded and something happened. It's like, you know, we talked about the Wild West. Well, sleds back in the day were the Wild West. Yeah, I for mean, sure. Very, and so, I I mean, nobody nobody likes it. And it here's what I will tell you is it's a pretty big bump in the road right now, but it will 100% make all of the product and the processes moving forward. 10 times better and the and we will forget about this and things will be better and the consumer will be a lot happier yeah and to add to it there's no malice intent with this Polaris wants to make money it's not this like vendetta against people where they almost feel like it's kind of what it looks like is like Polaris is screwing up again it's like this isn't something that they asked for this is something that they're trying to they're so in favor of the product and everything and the quality and getting all of that back that they that this stuff is issued and it's put out there but it's not because they hate the consumer. It's because of the exact opposite. They, they want this product to be the best that it can be. They will recover. Everybody be patient. It's going to work out. All right. Uh, last question is from me because this is, this is my favorite question. If you could only have one sled next year, would it be a 9R or a Boost? Man. I'll let, I'll let you go first because I, I, I have some info for you for me. Go ahead. That'd be good. Uh, it's going to be a 9R. I've always been a an aspirated guy. I feel like a boosted sled is there's there's definitely a day uh, last year where there were multiple mm -hmm. days and there would be a snow season where you could literally say that a boost would be the favorite. But a 9R, man, it just fills the gap of, you know, playful, uh, 
great power doesn't need to be all that boosted power um no delay whatsoever the, yeah. the crispiness of aspirated just i don't know i feel like that that's what we make those into and just when you when you get that thing completely dialed in and it's your avatar horse you know you you, you know that that's the sled that you can you can put through the paces and you've got the most confidence in yep. that'd be mine all right so this is this is great marketing for dan and i on the player side because he says 9r and and two years ago, so the so the first year 9R came out, I or like I've been riding 900 for a long time, yeah. which is a 9R. <laughs> yeah. um, and so last season, I rode my 9R twice, and I rode a boost every other day. Two years ago, I rode 9R every single day, and I didn't even ride a boost. So what happened last year for me was, and this happens every so often, and it's really what I need for me mentally to. You said, I don't know how you do it. Well, this is how I do it. I get to a position that I push myself in my, for, my, for my own self to go do something that's out of my comfort zone. And a boost will yeah. put, put you into those positions where it's out of your comfort zone. And that's what keeps that fire alive for me. I had so much damn fun last year, like just doing things that like... I always go by this line. Why? Because like, I don't think I could do it. I'm going up there. I have the sled that can do it now. And <laughs> That's awesome. So I I really enjoyed riding boost last year, and I'm because it because it challenged me. I'm, I'm surprised we didn't both just say, well, why not a 9R with a boost? Well, that's what I was riding. <laughs> well, I, we'll, we'll ask that one next year. Because yeah. that's, uh, yeah, I mean, he had his 9R boost. I had my Bikeman 900 boost. And what a salad of a snowmobile in a 55. Oh. Yeah. I suppose if I had the if I had the lungs, I had the, the Caleb Kosturki arms to hang on to that thing, it would be an enjoyable snowmobile. It's just See, we it's need, so we, we need to do fast. another podcast about the, the Kosturki ride with myself. And I need to get Kyle oh, on there, that, too. That was some content. Like, yeah. you guys need to do that again. I'm yeah. telling that was some you. some good content. I, so it was one thing, right? It was it was a blast riding with Caleb in the video. The content turned out awesome. And this is after Kyle busted up his knee. Yeah. Right? Mm. Kyle can barely freaking walk. He's one-legged. And we're at the end of day two. We're, like, fried. We get down to the bottom, and here is freaking Pulsifer down at the bottom. Hey, guys, what's, what's going on? I'm like, what are you doing? Dude, I could not let you guys go. And he... The next two hours, the dude rode like a wild man and was up like doing lines that no one should be doing with two legs, and he had one leg. Yeah. I mean, it was. He's a freaking maniac. I have so much, so many stories about that those two days, and and you know, it was fun riding with Caleb, and you know, to see Kyle say, "Oh no, you guys didn't." I'm coming. It's awesome. I'm uh, not it, missing this day. Yeah. He was in my clothes, borrowed my truck on a borrowed sled. Uh, it was it was awesome. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, that, that'll be another segment. Yep. Oh, and to go back to the last question, the correct answer was 9R. Oh. So, no, it's just, not. just, yeah. No, that wasn't an opinion piece. It was it was a wrong or right answer. Oh. <laughs> the 9R is insane. You, you ride too high of elevation and your snow yeah. is, is sugar. Yeah. The 9R, 9R is awesome. The, I love it. The, the hardest part of that question is it's so it's so snow specific. Yeah. Because there are days when you, you're just, well, climb back in G-Team. I was yeah. there with a 9R. And, and I it's embarrassing. I should have had the, uh, yeah, had the yeah. biggest, baddest, raddest, freaking boosted sled I could have had. Yeah. And I just screwed up. I, I took, it, took uh, it the next day. And I had did. The day I was day. fine. You did just fine. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, I'm giving you a hard time because the, the, the boost, obviously, if you can have yeah. one or two, everybody's going to go boost. But if we didn't have the boost, the 9R would just be like this. Oh, man. So freaking amazing. Like, that's what we've been it asking for cool for sled. decades. Yeah. 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 But it's overshadowed so much by the boost. Yeah. yeah. Everybody that's asking now, 9R boost, they say both. Yeah. And they and then they, know, they, they, do, they do the, well, yeah, if you could. And I'm like, not in the same year. I'm just stating now that we've got a lot of clubs for the quiver. Like, if you had a boost this year and you liked it, awesome, hang on to that thing and then get a 9R. Maybe you've got the best of both worlds. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that that would be and what will be. That's what we get to do. We're fortunate enough with the sled fleets that we end up having that it's like you can kind of choose the sled that you want to ride for the day that you're going to have. Yeah, and it's real easy. I mean, it's I, I get that question so often. Like, what, what sled should I buy? I'm like, well... Don't buy the sled I'm riding. Buy the sled you want. Like, are you a, a storm chaser? We'll go buy a boost, right? Are you a dude who just wants to put, like, it doesn't matter what kind of condition you ride all different plates, places? 9R, man. Yeah. Right? I mean, at that matter, 850. It's yeah. like, seriously, sure. it's like, if sure. you're just weekend riding and it's not about being the top of the hill and you don't necessarily care about snow conditions, there's nothing wrong with an 850. Yeah. I mean, it's just kind of a perfect sled. Yeah. So.